0: welcome to the advent sermons and conversations podcast this is the conversations half we will be talking about what to do after the call i'm
1: deanne i'm dawn and i'm blessing
0: okay so who wants to start off by kind of summarizing what sarah was talking about today
1: go ahead blessing <laughs> i came in a little late so i missed oh, the beginning so i
2: okay i'll give it a shot um There was an acknowledgement that it's been kind of a heavy week and that can be exhausting. um, And that that is similar to how the disciples were. They were on the precipice of something big and they thought they knew what the next big thing would be, that they'd be freed from um, Rome, liberated from Rome the way their ancestors were liberated in Egypt, um, that Jesus asked us to abide or remain. So um, when we hear news stories, the question that was posed was, have I remained in Christ in the midst of these struggles? So it kind of went from there, as far as I could tell. I don't... Mm -hmm. um, So how do we remain? We love one another. um, And when we are in solidarity, that's how we survive, is to love and find the joy. And she quoted psalms to rejoice and sing. Um, And then she got even bigger about dancing and movement and all of these um, great ways to recreate the world in joy. And just kind of wrapped up with sometimes liberation means finding little pieces of joy and gave us the call to remain in Christ through love and joy. That's very good. Thank you very much. I took notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so for me, I think one of the interesting pieces is, even you know, the reading, um, that last reading the commandment about love like for me that's like one of my the best verses i think it's it's in mark where jesus tells them the first commandment is to love the lord your god and the second is to love your fellow man so he talks about this here again that this is the commandment that uh, you love one another but then the other piece she brought up is that jesus loved us so much that he gave up his own um, you know, I guess being God, right, and and was in solidarity with us as a human being, and then that got me thinking: what can I give up in, to, in order to be in solidarity with other people? Love. I think that's kind of, yeah, so that's love, right? Like love is giving up something to be in solidarity with somebody else.
2: We are resistant in our culture about love being painful or mm-hmm. inconvenient, but that's kind of what you're pointing out. Yeah, yeah exactly. The huge it's love like, yeah, is to give
1: something up. Right. It's not just so easy, just like, oh
2: yeah, I love everything. Right. I love the world. I love- Hallmark. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember kind of on the idea of giving up uh, I was reading something about the seven deadly sins but then kind of their counterpart of like the seven virtues and they're all about giving up something whereas the sins were all about kind of keeping and holding on to things. Mm.
2: So selfishness really. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's kind of that freedom in giving up and opening yourself up and it's kind of that's something I still have to remind myself when we're talking about kind of trying to emulate the servant Christ mm-hmm. and how to act like that and how to be a servant to
1: the world. Right. And I I think um, I'm just responding to a, a, a thought I've had. It's, I think when you learn to give it up, it may not be as hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think it's so hard and just, you know, you want to hold on to whatever it is, like the sin, whatever it is. But if you do give it up, it's freedom and you mm-hmm. know, you know, gives you that freedom. And I guess that's, you know, part of, the commandment if you follow it it's the kind of like it it frees you to do other things to love and to share and whatever else so
2: super dumb example but (laughs) when I I often travel with musicals and so I just have two suitcases and then Mm. I have very few things and it's so freeing it's not like which of my 10 things should I wear today I've got like this or this and there's a freedom in having less yes so I've like sort of Short term, given up my other possessions, and there it's it also yeah, it seems to be a physical manifestation of the emotional
1: things you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna jump in again. I love just, it. Just because I uh, love it. Pastor Danielle had like a great example. I think it was one of our um, teach you know the Bible studies. Mm-hmm. She said uh, I think she was relating a story about a pastor who sat next to somebody on the plane. And the person obviously saw that. The the person was a pastor. I think they're wearing a collar. Mm -hmm. And the person said, maybe I may be retelling it differently, but the person was just like, oh, my God, I believe in God when I see the sunset, you you know, the beauty of the world. And the person's response, the pastor's response was, Try something hard, like loving the person who hates you or the baby who screams every morning. You know, try that. It's like, that's so easy. Everybody loves something beautiful. You know, try the hard things. So I think that's kind of like the same thing. Like try something harder than just like the, you know, the easy stuff to like follow God's commandments and to love other people and be in solidarity with those people. Right. Yeah. Which means giving something up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the loving other people... isn't always easy. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's also that that picture where, you know, everyone is trying to see over a fence and their boxes are different heights. I don't know if you've seen that. But, you know, when you bring someone up in, I'm probably derailing, you can start this over, but um, basically that quote of when you... um have equality for everyone the person who had extra feels like they're losing something it's that same thing of like if you're going to be in solidarity with anyone else you might feel like you lost something but it's better for humanity and better for you in the long run Mm
0: -hmm. and i feel like that's why people tend to cling so tightly to privilege either like male privilege or white privilege they think kind of i've earned this and i Uh, deserve this so why should I give it up so I can be equal with someone else Mm -hmm.
2: yeah do they think they earned it
0: some of them do okay I mean I'm just thinking
2: it out loud I'm not questioning you or yeah they deserved it I can get behind that that they think they deserved it Mm -hmm. they're somehow fundamentally different or yes and other people just don't even realize it's happening they're not aware of it
0: yeah, because it's like an extra burden they don't have to deal with. You don't notice the absence.
1: Right. Yeah, that, that's one of those things I always try to struggle with. I always struggle with, I shouldn't say always try to. It's kind of like, why do you think somehow if I have a piece of the pie, you're not going to have enough? But that's always, you know. It's finite thinking. You're right, it's kind of like, there's enough for everyone. But somehow people just never seem to see beyond that this is what I have. And if I give it up, somebody else will will have some of mine i think not they'll just have some of what they should have it's kind of like they'll have right. some of my peace
2: but if we go back to love and joy there is always more
1: right exactly. there's enough
2: it's infinite
1: yeah
0: and i i feel like that's part of our scarcity mindset yes. is there's never enough mm-hmm. and so i have to hold on as tightly as i can
2: to what i have mm-hmm. and that's not believing the promises of god is it no <laughs> which i've been there i'm not <laughs> oh yeah oh wow, yeah If you're scarcity mindset, you don't think that God will provide or give you the tools to create more abundance or whatever that has to be, or give you the community or whatever it is. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's faith, right? Faith Faith in that God will always be there to do everything he says he'll do.
2: I also have faith that I will notice when the opportunity comes. You know, (laughs) that's part of it too, Of like being aware and living in hope and joy. So you're like, oh, there
1: is this next opportunity. I don't live in scarcity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just thinking about that too, and just thinking about the sermon, I think that's kind of like those small celebrations, those moments, right? So if you're continually like celebrating the small moments, you won't live in this fear that, you know, things are going to be always bad or always, you know, this like bad news example that she gave. Um if you take a moment to celebrate, oh what a beautiful day or, you know, I, somebody did this great thing for me kind of thing.
2: And so. then you notice more. Do you know this the Bader Meinhof effect? It's a thing where you're you're nodding so you know. But for the listeners. What you are most paying attention to, you notice more of in the world. So if you want to buy a red car, suddenly you notice red cars everywhere. If you or pregnant, women talk about suddenly everyone seems to be pregnant on the street. It's because your brain is letting through those stimuli because it's most important to you. So it seems to make sense that if you're noticing joy every day, you notice more joy, you notice more opportunity.
1: hmm and you, in turn, are more joyful, and everything else
2: and draw it to yourself, right, right. that energy,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: agreed, and then you're abiding, apparently, according to the sermon <laughs> if you remain steadfast in joy. I found the um
0: solidarity piece really interesting, and I guess I would be interested to hear from you guys. Where have you either experienced solidarity from someone else or given solidarity to, to someone else?
2: I want to think that I have a lot of examples and now I can't think
1: of anything. I'm going to take the easy road. Okay, go. Just say, and just say like this, like for, um, I think when I looked at the calendar, was it last month? And saw that May was Advent's Women's Month. I was like, Really, we have our own Women's Month, so for me, that's like we celebrating and standing in solidarity with all women. So that is the easy answer, I think. Yeah. But like, this is a perfect example, so I'm gonna use that.
2: <laughs> I did go to a thing, a Tribeca Film Festival recently, about women being more represented in film and television. The statistic they gave is that last year, in all the media we saw in this country, 76% of protagonists were men. So then it sort of sends a message that women are wives and mothers and helpers of the active agents. So it's really a strong message of a place in the culture. And so I did learn about it all day and want to look for opportunities to keep amplifying that and making it aware, making, you know, the public aware and helping to tell different stories. So Mm -hmm. something from my industry. I also, I... Plan a national Lutheran event, whatever, but we are very into getting all kinds of people speaking. And that is something you have to just say, we are committed to, and we're going to, you know, beat the bushes until we find these different kinds of people. So that feels like solidarity, mm-hmm. giving them a voice at a national event. Especially at a Lutheran event. Yeah, yeah. And I really am sometimes having to ask a lot of people for recommendations to find, you know, representation of certain types of people.
0: For me, I've been part of kind of this small group Advent is holding about racism and white privilege. And so I've been thinking about, like, how do I act as an ally to people of color? And how have I been neglecting that? In my just like, oh, I'm busy with other stuff. I'm so stressed out. That kind of ends up being the first thing to fall off my plate, which it's like, that means it's not a priority for me. And so how do I change my mindset that I do make it a priority? So yes, that's the example of me failing at solidarity. right
2: right? (laughs) Well, but I bet you're doing little things throughout the day too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I know you want to do the big things because we need to.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, I automatically jump to like solve the big issues. Right. Right.
2: But there's something about just when I'm chatting with the people in the bodega and letting them go ahead of me in line, it just feels like I've reduced the number of microaggressions in the world, hopefully. I don't know. And it should add up. We should also do the big things yeah mm-hmm. I think just
1: being mindful, yeah yeah I think when we had our conversation, we were talking about like being mindful of like the homeless and all those things, you know thinking about them as we walked around the city and everything else, so I think yeah I think that's yeah. an example too mm-hmm. the humanity of all people right so my other example, which i It's all shameless plugging. I love it. Do (laughs) it. Do it. it. So it's like the the program I run, the Christmas Joy program. Mm -hmm. And again, I think I talked about it a little bit in the beginning. So I initially just started it because I I just felt like I I needed to do something, right? Like respond and, and help the people that were less fortunate. But in doing that, I think that's solidarity. I'm standing with homeless people in Zimbabwe, homeless teenagers. We throw a Christmas party for them. Uh, in zimbabwe like every year and i've been doing it for two years and i didn't think about it like that but i know that was always like things that people in zimbabwe would say they were just like oh you're making them visible like I, you know they are they feel visible that like somebody is just coming and giving them a party and dancing and celebrating with them you know kind of like the sermon right it's it's about the joy sharing the joy and just being a part of that with other people that you don't necessarily see each other and hang out with every single day. So, I, I, For me, that's, that's a great, um, I guess, way to express that and to respond.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely, I feel like I've had that in my own life of like, when somebody just really sees you and acknowledges where you are and who you are, mm-hmm.
2: that, that can be really powerful. Visibility, <laughs> giving them a voice, mm-hmm. it's so huge. It's the opposite of what I'm learning about the film and television industry.
1: <laughs> I had a question. Actually, this is um, part of the sermon as well. It was when she gave the example of the Acts ten, when Cornelius they received the Holy Spirit and it first poured onto them, and then the question was, what do we do next? You know, kind of like what do we do when we receive Christ or receive Christ's love? What is our Response.
2: And that's your question? That's my question. <laughs> so what is big. our
1: response? I know. <laughs> well, isn't it some of the things we've been talking about? Yeah. But like, so we do that every single day? We there like one big thing that we should always do?
2: You know, Mother Teresa would say it's, you know, the, the simple acts every day that add up into the grand response.
1: So kind of what you said in the beginning, just like the small, like reducing the microaggressions, you know, kind of like being mindful every Mm -hmm. single day.
2: Well, we don't want to go into a space where we're only following Christ if we change legislation every single day. You know, like it's not possible. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we want to be a part of that. I've gone to the Senate building. Everyone should do that at some point if they can, you know, and talk to Senate staff and things. But you can't always... Or, I guess you could write letters every day. Some people are good about that. But that's their way of doing it. What can you kind of do
0: every day? But part of that's also to make it into a habit. To become like, this is not just like, oh, I'm doing this like because it's special. Uh, I'm doing this like every day as kind of my ritual, as part of my spirituality of like it's kind of uh, I was reading something about like how we should being Christians is like being the moon that you're like reflecting Christ's Mm. light and so I want to reflect that through my actions not just through
1: my words I love it yeah so I think one of the things I struggle with is I think being mindful of that like at work because at work you kind of like separate yourself right like this is work me this is like me social this is me walking around but always just kind of like being the same person 24 7 and not having you know those different people so even you know responding the same way I would want to respond you know as we having this conversation when I'm at work Mm you know not being like angry or you know like but just at least being you know respectful and say what you have to say but say it in a way that's I guess loving but not like saying I love you to your co-worker, maybe. Right. But <laughs> HR yeah, exactly suddenly that. in yeah, your office. HR citing or something. But you know, do you know what I mean? Like more, yes. more just choosing the words you say in your responses the same way all the time. You can be Christ-like without saying the word Jesus. I- exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of like where I am now. Like always, you know, being mindful of or wanting to always be the same person 24-7. That is a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Because it's harder when you're not surrounded by people
1: doing that. Right, exactly. Like you're not in your you know regular comfort zone where this is always expressed.
2: So in some way, you're giving up, as we talked about at the beginning, that sort of indulgence in negative response like there can be a terrible yeah. but satisfying angle to giving that zinger back
1: right exactly yeah yeah so that's exactly it trying to not be the zinger giver give a backer yeah <laughs>
2: and be the one like to take the lead on that is hard yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah i can definitely think of something similar with me um is like patience and trying to be really patient with people um because i'm a database manager so I have all of these users who are like trying to figure out how to use it and trying to do their best to put in things reliably but don't necessarily always understand it or need help with things um so I just have to I want to keep patient with them and not get annoyed be like I already told you this like five times right just yeah be like assume the best and assume like Mm. they're trying and they're
2: working but this isn't naturally their skill set so even that what if you go through your day assuming everyone is doing their best Mm -hmm. that is a big shift yeah
1: definitely yeah
2: like that is their best maybe i i should help them to the next thing but they're not i don't know we kind of assume everyone's slacking Mm -hmm. don't we (laughs) to some degree Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of that (laughs) before. I mean, of course, not constantly, but.
1: I like that a lot. Like, assume everybody's doing their best at all times.
2: Right, because we don't know. Even the person just slumped over walking may have just had a fight with whoever was in their apartment. Their family, whatever. And the best they can do is walk and they didn't notice you and they bump into you or whatever. They were doing their best.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I've heard a lot about like intention versus impact. And so that I think that directly Mm. relates to what I want to do, what I want to bring is like, even if they caused a negative impact to me, I want to try to think they had the best intentions of it.
2: Which is kind of overlapping to privilege, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes someone's intentions to help a group means there's a negative impact on you
0: yeah and it's also if you are part of a marginalized group and someone like kind of reinforces that or falls into that trap of it can be so easy to respond in anger uh, and i think that's kind of justified and that's understandable but like because i'm trying to be christ-like i want to respond in love
1: yeah, and I think um, I think we we talked a little bit about microaggression at the at the beginning, mm-hmm. and this I know uh, coming into this country was kind of like one of the hardest things that I had to understand
0: because mm-hmm.
1: people would tell me, oh, blessing that was a somebody would say something to me and somebody would say, oh, that was a racist comment. I'm like, I didn't feel it was. But because somebody you have a else. different cultural background. Yeah. Because for me, it was just like, I'm like, I don't understand. But then I guess having grown up in this country, this other person would come with this other knowledge that I never had. Mm-hmm. So so I'll give a specific example because I think I'm just mm-hmm. being abstract. So it's kind of like hair, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to touch my hand. I'm like, oh, whatever. Touch my hair. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But it's kind of like, oh, no, no, that's racist. Somehow they're saying you're different because of your hair. I'm like... No, they just want to touch my hair. Right. But it's, so it's kind of all the interpretation. So you may be a marginalized group, but it's kind of how that, what that person brings to the conversation. I think the
2: stories they're carrying yeah, about exactly. the thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It just makes it either positive or negative impact on the situation. Hmm. So for me, it was just like I'm like I I don't care, but but it was an issue for other people. Right. Yeah. Because they have a. History and a story around right, it. Right, exactly. Whereas mine was no story at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like that's what microaggressions can kind of do, and yeah. why they're so harmful exactly. is because they're re-wearing the same ground. Right. So it's it's not big, but when you have something small happen enough times, exactly, the overall effect
2: right. is large. Right, right. It's the Grand Canyon. Right, the water is tiny, but it flows through there for thousands of years, and suddenly you have the Grand Canyon.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then it's kind of like now I understand like the bigger impact, right, of that, of just like making that be a difference somehow that can then become something else that's negatively categorized. And so, yeah.
0: So I've definitely been trying to kind of hold these things in conjunction of like. Even if their intention wasn't bad, they could still do something bad, mm-hmm. and so trying to, I feel like sometimes people can have a hard time holding both of those things, and trying to also think about in terms of what am I doing that is, I I'm be I have the best intentions, but is ending up harming people.
1: Yeah,
2: and sometimes you don't know and need to be told and so you need to be giving a vibe that someone will tell you in kindness you know that your language or something needs to change
1: yeah in kindness yeah <laughs> otherwise it becomes volatile right right because yeah.
2: right. a lot of people a recent example that i'm thinking of is people saying brothers and sisters in christ and there are some gender nonconforming people who would prefer friends in christ neighbors just people of god you know, so the people saying brothers and sisters in Christ don't mean badly. Right. They want the relationship, right? We're brothers and sisters. But if someone is feeling left out, that leader needs to be giving a, a vibe so that that marginalized person feels that they could come forward and say, could yeah. you please use other language? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So There's all the history and kind mm-hmm. of like the background of all right. the different people. Right. Yeah, so you have to be conscious of that at all times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So being open to that feedback is half of it. Right, right, yeah.
2: And then that thing we were talking about of like, it might be a little inconvenient to retrain your phrasing. Yeah. But it's worth it for whoever needs that. hmm Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, i'm trying to figure out where to go from there i
1: know, I know. we go everywhere we, right we, <laughs> we i know still... i keep
2: we're on a lot of tangents
1: <laughs>
0: i mean this podcast is basically a podcast of tangents yeah. so
2: that's
1: us but i think we all still talk about love right yes it's, so... mm-hmm.
2: it's versions of love yeah seasons of love <laughs> <laughs> I do like, we said it, but sometimes liberation means finding little pieces of joy because then you're sort of not owned by the oppressive situation. Mm. Like Ellie Wiesel, I'm going super extreme, but you know, being in a concentration camp and Ellie Wiesel was still able to find a glimmer of hope to mm-hmm. get through that in those moments the Nazis did not control him. Yeah. He was free of the oppressor. And that doesn't mean you ignore the terribleness of the situation, but you can continue and do good in the world. If you can have those moments of freedom. What have
0: been some moments of joy in your guys this week?
2: I mentioned I was at a funeral yesterday here at Advent and there's, Joy, I mean, a funeral and you're missing the person, of course, but there's the joy of all the people she brought into her life and they've all flown in and I've met them over the years. And, you know, there's sort of a reunion of all the people in her connections. So it sort of lifts you out of the grief and mourning for a moment to glimpse these people that have all come Mm -hmm. out of love for the same person.
1: And mine... Uh, oh, it was my birthday
2: on oh, Thursday.
1: What? Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> my Mine's May 3rd. What? We're twins! Oh, <laughs> we are!
2: <laughs> I, yeah, May
1: 3rd. Same yeah, yes. I was we like, which day of the week twins. was that? <gasps> We're twins.
2: <gasps> I want to be your birthday twin. I yeah. love it. When is okay. yours? December 1st. Oh. Oh, well, we'll still be friends with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it always gives me moments of reflection, right? The... The actual, you know, I, I mark it as my new year, even though Um instead of like January 1st. Mm-hmm. But it's like I have, you know, like perfect health. I may not have all the things I want, but it's kind of like perfect health. I'm happy. I'm, you know, I have everything. Well, maybe not everything I want, but I have a lot more than other people. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like that joy in and thankfulness more so than, I guess, joy. But just thankful for everything that I do have because I know... Even my own friends, you know, some have health issues, some have like all these things that don't let them just wake up and, you know, get up and go, you know, kind of like I can do. So it's kind of just like being mindful of all those small things. So, so it's thankfulness, I think, more than just like joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, joy,
2: some people think of as happy, Yeah, which is not really exactly what we're talking about yeah
1: because i don't need yeah i don't need a thing to give me that joy yeah you're right so this happy is fleeting yeah so thankfulness is joy yes yeah a deeper thing yeah yeah what about you yeah Hmm. <laughs> you ask but you don't
2: yes. have an answer <laughs> no uh
0: well you were just talking about like the deep joy um i i saw wicked yesterday for the first time oh. you in. i love it so uh and i've been wanting to see it for like nearly a decade so that was a really cool <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a long build-up i love yeah. it <laughs> Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, and it's like I've listened to the soundtrack so many times and just like sitting there and hearing kind of the orchestra like play the first few notes that it's just like I know so well and it's just such a visceral moment that that it was a really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. I love live theater. So.
1: <laughs> love it. Yeah. That's joy. I know, I haven't I haven't seen Wicked. Now I wanna see it. <laughs> I, know.
2: I probably haven't seen it for a decade because I saw it when it opened. <laughs> so joy, Broadway is joy. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's where we're landing. I know,
1: I well I still can't believe that we birthday twins. I'm like really no.
2: May third, strong day.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> 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 So joy, finding your birthday twin.
1: <laughs> she started by saying, you know they found themselves in the on the cusp of the wilderness, yep and then like in, and she gave the example that you know we all or for her, it was just like wanting to run away from the news, like all everything that's bad in the world, but then always having the thought of. That we should remain in in mm. in Christ, like abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like my takeaway. Like right, like it's when I go into the week and all these crazy things are happening. Like how do I then just you know, find that joy and that peace and and remain in Christ and celebrate who He is? And that's just like my takeaway,
2: it's choosing joy, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Deciding you're gonna find it. Right. And so, then you will, because even It's that thing of like, when you've like hurt your foot, and then you're so aware the next day when your foot's better, but then you spend like five years not caring about your foot. (laughs) Like, there's always something that you could be like, you know what? I could be joyful about the things that just seem like a normal baseline to me.
0: I actually think about that every time Pastor Danielle starts the service, because she always takes... Ask people to take a deep breath, mm-hmm. which just like gives me a moment of pause to mm. just appreciate my breath mm. and that it's working and
2: yeah, and you don't even think about it <laughs> it just, it just breathes. breathes yeah yeah how great is your brain stem <laughs> like you are just always breathing always. Yeah. <gasps> Joy. Yes, love. Love
0: solidarity.
2: There we go. That's it. Joy, love, solidarity. <laughs> so we always tune in next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we always end the podcast by asking uh what will you do differently this week or what will you take
2: into this week from this sermon? I like connecting back that the joy lifts you out of the oppression. And the way that can emanate out to others, like in microaggressions
1: or otherwise, or the opposite of microaggressions, <laughs> stopping microaggressions. I'll be mindful to remain in, in, in abide in, in love, abide in Jesus at all times, you know, kind of thinking about always being in that space 24 seven and at work at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try to think about like identifying moments of love, joy, and solidarity in my week. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast@nyc.org at or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations, to join in the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12:30 in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.